Hi, I'm Nagin Serafi. Thank you for tuning in. This week, I want to talk to you about anger. I want to talk to you about this emotion that we all experience, and yet one that feels collectively suppressed. I wrote in my journal this week about anger, and I want to read you an excerpt. Expecting someone who is rightfully angry to not raise their voice feels like expecting someone who's heartbroken or grieving to hold back their tears. We wouldn't tell a grieving person not to cry, so why then do we expect someone who's angry to remain calm? One of the things that's become very clear to me, especially over the past year and a half during the pandemic, is that we actually have never been taught or given the tools to navigate our emotions, especially the difficult emotions. As a result, I think we do one of two things. Sometimes we choose to suppress, ignore, deny, avoid. And other times we feel the feeling so intensely that the reaction just escapes us. We want humans, especially leaders, to be stoic. We want them to be fearless. We want them to be grounded. And simultaneously, we want passion and inspiration and motivation and clarity and direction. We want people to be real and raw and honest and open and vulnerable, but not too much. We need to create spaces in conversations, in communities, in families, in partnership, and physical spaces for release, for emotional expression. We need safe spaces to be exactly where we are as we are. For many of us, our anger is intergenerational. It's not even entirely ours. We are carrying the rage and grief from our ancestors, and we are expected to not only not express that rage and grief and anger, but also to continue being oppressed and violated and murdered. When we experience our own anger and other people's anger, we need to keep in mind the context. Being angry about injustice and betrayal and violence Being angry about certain things is perfectly healthy. Where my frustration lies is in our society, our day-to-day life, in our workplaces, in our families, anger is labeled as bad. There is a difference between feeling and expressing our anger and using our anger as a weapon to hurt and harm others. That distinction is very important. It has taken me a very long time to become comfortable with my own anger and rage, to even acknowledge that I have it within me, and to be okay with it, to know that it's just a part of me that wants to be seen and heard. I experience anger as an emotion that can feel quite energizing, at least in the moment, Whereas grief, grief makes you go inward. It can be depleting. It can feel overwhelming. 
It can feel like too much pain to bear. Perhaps the anger and the rage are protective layers of the grief that we cannot yet feel, and protective layers because we actually cannot feel any more hurt. I really dislike the term anger management, as if emotions are something that need to be managed, controlled, compartmentalized. No, emotions just need to be felt. In fact, part of the challenge of not feeling them is that they intensify. When they have nowhere to go, they retaliate in all kinds of ways, as physical manifestations of pain and disease in our bodies, energy blocks that prevent us from connection and creativity, and sometimes even harmful behavior towards others. I'm in no way saying that we should use anger as a tool to oppress or abuse or harm. But I do think that when we feel angry, it's okay to raise our voice. It's okay to be firm. It's okay to have an assertive tone. It's just as okay as crying is when you're sad. I'm learning that justifiable anger is healthy and necessary. And although we weren't given the tools or taught how to navigate our anger, we can learn now. What it requires is a whole lot of unlearning. When we express our anger, we're less likely to feel resentful. We are less likely to want to retaliate in some catastrophic way. Feeling and expressing our anger is an act of self-love and an act of self-preservation. For women especially, many of us, depending on your culture, have been taught to be eloquent and loving and kind and personable and accepting. I know in my culture specifically, men's anger is celebrated. Men's anger is a reflection of personal power and control and, and dominance. But women's anger is often seen as ugly and terrifying and intimidating and unnecessary and out of control and crazy. Do you know what feels crazy? Being harmed for generations and then having someone tell you that you should stay calm. On the other end of the spectrum, I think that anger can be extremely destructive. I think if anger is weaponized, normalized, it can and does cause tremendous harm in relationships and families and communities and workplaces and the world. Getting to know our anger is like getting to know any other emotion. It takes practice. It takes commitment. It's uncomfortable. Once we create a relationship with it, I think we can become more effective in the way that we express anger in the world. And I'm not saying that we should express it in a specific way or that there's necessarily a right way or a healthy way, but each of us as individuals need to create a personal and intimate relationship with all of our emotions, including anger. When I have the time and space to process my own anger, I turn to movement and meditation and writing and 
sometimes getting into my car and screaming because I recognize that the energy is not going to go anywhere until it is released through voice, through sound, through sweat. And once it's released, I feel lighter and I feel more clear about what it really is that I'm frustrated with. But we may not always have access to these tools and practices in order to process what we're experiencing very intensely in a moment. And so much of our experience of our own anger and other people's anger really boils down to how do we embrace and resolve conflict? How do we approach healthy conflict? When I talk about unlearning and reprogramming, so much of it has to do with understanding that the way that we experienced our own emotions and other people's emotions in the environment in which we grew up is the programming that we have to really examine and change. The situations and the experiences and the approaches that contributed to our trauma cannot be the same approaches and tools and experiences that are going to help us liberate ourselves. When I think about pathways to peace, experiencing anger as a beautiful, important, connective emotion feels necessary. There's a time to be joyful, there's a time to be peaceful, and there's a time to be angry. And what's important is that that anger is channeled in the right direction towards action that is going to actually create meaningful change. There's so much that we can do with that energy. If it's directed to the self or directed to the other in an unconscious way, it will only hurt. But if it's harnessed and if it's used for transformation, I think its potential is limitless. Thank you for your time and presence and for subscribing to my podcast. I send monthly emails where I share stories, teachings, insights, and frameworks to help us transform the way we live, work, relate, and create. Visit my website, naginserafi.com, and subscribe to become a part of my growing community. Until next time, be well and in love.